Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. We're very thankful for the example that's been given to us by so many over the span of time. And dealing with anxiety, that's something that's very, very heavy. So anxiety will be in Matthew 6. Anxiety is something that can rob us of time. And this can be time with friends, family, hobbies, attending church, can keep us out of God's Word, can make us doubt, can make us fear, can make us run. So there's varying degrees of anxiety, ranging from fear and dread uh, to, uh, you see that throughout the Old Testament, to worrying about our kids, worrying about our well-being, worrying about and distressing over things that we were never meant to worry about. And we can get so wrapped up in that. As I was sitting here thinking about what was about to come and what was about to come in the sermon today, I began to think about it like this. Have you ever had a kid hold on to you very tight? Anybody? Okay. What happens when they can't hold any longer? Their grip lets go. But what they realize and what I think I realize is that there's someone else's hands that are there that are still holding on. You know, when we... When we're holding on so tight and holding on and we say, God, I just can't do it anymore. I think that's when we realize that God's hands are still holding on to us. That his strength is still holding on and that he doesn't let go of you and I. And there's so many people within the, the breadth of the Bible that, that walk through and have walked through difficult times where it's been beyond their own capability, where they had to reside on a higher power, where they had to look to God for their everything. Some of those people throughout that battled with anxiety, depression, things like that were Moses, David, Elijah, Naomi, Jeremiah, Job, Martha, Jonah, and the list can go on and on and on. So what I say is that the, the way that we are dealing with anxiety today, the way that we're dealing with worry today, the way that we're dealing with difficulty today, they've dealt with it before. So what matters is who you turn to, who you trust in, who guides and directs you in the times where you and your heart are so downtrodden. So we ask the question right out of the gate in Matthew 6, starting at verse 25, what does anxiousness accomplish? What does all that worrying accomplish? What, after we have worried and worried ourselves sick, have we accomplished? What have we to show for it? But more worry and more worry and more worry because you and I are looking to what we can do, right? We're looking to our own, you know, what we can do about the situation, how it's going to be, what, how hard we can work on it, who we can go see, what we can do. But we look at all of those things and we know that we fall short. Remember, as I said a minute ago, it's who you look to, right? Verse 25, it says this. It says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. 
that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. So why do we worry about anything and everything? Why do we try to remain in control of things that should be in God's hands? Why do we try to control situations? Why do we try to control relationships? Why do we try to control illnesses? Why do we try to control diagnoses and pressures of this world? One of the authors that I saw out there, and, and it attributed it to, to uh, an unknown author, it says this, that all the world in the wor- all the water in the world, however hard it tried, could never sink a ship unless it got inside. All the hardships of this world might wear you pretty thin, but they won't hurt you one least, one least bit unless you let them in. So it lets us know that, that we have to trust in something greater. We have to believe in something greater. So anxiousness, one of the things that I've learned throughout my life in battle with anxiety is that anxiousness can keep you from being reliant on God like you ought to. It can keep you so focused in on that issue, that problem, that hardship, that, that uh, calamity that might happen, may never happen, that you get so focused in on that that it can rob you from being reliant on God. But the Word of God speaks truth to the times of anxiousness. When I was dealing with life's most anxious moments, I didn't want to read, I didn't want to look, I didn't want to go, I didn't want to do anything. But, but God's Word tells us that we need to rely on Him because He's the only one that can satisfy our need. It says this in verse 30, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? So God knows what we really need, doesn't He? How many of us ever have a talk with our kids about need versus want? Any, any adults ever had that talk? You don't need that, do you? You want that. Do we get into that conversation? Anybody? And some of y'all have never been through Walmart, right? We don't need that. You want that. We need these groceries. We don't want that toy. You know, so we go through need and want, and we say that to our kids, and we're like, all right, you understand? And they don't understand, right? They throw a fit, right? And you're like, if the reflective camera wasn't right here and the video camera wasn't right here, I get you. But, you know, all those things happen, but God really reminds us in our own lives that we don't need those things, do we? We want some things in life. And there's a lot of things we want in life. But God knows what we really really need because the difference between what God knows and what we know is God can see the heart God can see who we really are and what we really need when we don't even know what we need right because you and I selfishly want God just to take away everything but if God took away everything would we really look to him like we ought to would we really turn to God so we it it really has us to look forward. Edwin Keith said this, prayer is the exhaling of the spirit of man and inhaling of the spirit of God. I love the way it said, exhaling the spirit of man 
and inhaling the Spirit of God. So it has us to really think about what God can do versus what we can do. Matthew 6, 32 says this, For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. So what I've also learned in life is this, that God knows a whole lot better than I do. That Scripture speaks a whole lot more loudly than even my problems, my issues, my calamities, my hardships, my worries. God speaks louder than those things. And so there's wisdom in Scripture, and it, and it, it compels you and I to seek Him first, doesn't it? It compels you and I to break out of that mold that we find ourselves in, that worry that we find ourselves in, and to seek Him first. Verse 33 leads us in that same direction. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Notice that Scripture does not say, when you get around to it, See if God has something good to say, right? When you get around to it, look in the Bible and see if you can find something that can help you. It doesn't say that. It says, seek the kingdom first. Seek His righteousness first. How many of us would be better off if we had went to God first? Rather than just pulling because we are in an emergency kind of thing. And the, and the plane's going down and the ship's going down and the difficulties are hard and beyond hard. And now we're in crisis mode. How often could we have turned to God first and found what we very well needed first and saved ourselves all of this anxiousness, this worry and I know that there's times where we can't help it in our minds and our hearts. It just came out of nowhere. God's right there for those times too. God's right there. He wants us to seek Him and know that He's the answer and know that He will guide us and His Word still speaks truth every day. How many of you believe in the power of God's Word? God's Word has something to say to you today. And you might be here today saying, well, these scripture passages, I've heard them before, but they're meant for you, right? They're not meant for somebody else. We like to mask and act like we have no problems. But I'm telling you, all of us go through hardships and problems and difficulties and worries, but what we do about them matters. It makes the difference. I'm here today because God saw fit to lead and guide and direct me at my lowest time, and I found what I needed in Him. So one of the key components of every fight with anxiousness is worry. We can become so focused on the concern that we do not pursue the peace of God that's available to us. How many of us have ever just focused on our problems a little too much? Focused on the illnesses a little too much? Focused on the diagnosis too much? Focused on the temptation too much? Focused on the down time in our life too much instead of focusing in on God? God's right there. And the peace of God is available to us. If you've ever been so anxious that you feel your heart beat right here, worried that you just wring your hands, when the peace of God comes on you, what happens? It's like that deep breath, and everything just changes because you realize that God's in control. 
And it reminds us that when we have these moments, we can turn to God right away, right? We don't have to worry about it all night. We can turn right to God. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Whenever you and I pray to God, seek answers from God, look to God for our everything, thank Him for our everything, then we begin to see things in a different perspective, don't we? How many of us, when we're so worried or anxious about things, do we start thanking God for the goodness He's given us? When we start thanking Him for the goodness He's given us, then the little bitty thing that we're worried about over here is eclipsed by the goodness of God, isn't it? Because God is just that good to me and you. But what the devil likes to do is he likes to flip-flop that and he likes to get us focused on that one thing, that difficulty, that hardship, that worrisome plot in our lives that we find ourselves in and that black place in our life where we never will get out of or so it says. But God is a light. And in Him exists no darkness. So when God shines a light, it's almost like going into His bright light. Anybody ever had a flashlight or something shined in your face and you didn't see it coming? That bright light, it kind of just kind of, you know, leaves you with stars for a minute kind of thing. That's the goodness of God. God comes in and He takes whatever's dark in your life and He brings light into that life. And He changes us. So being anxious for nothing means that we go to God. We can go to Him at any moment, any place, any time in our life. There's no barrier. There's nothing that says that we have to wait till it gets at its worst point. There's nothing that says that we are hopeless or helpless with God in the picture. So God works in our lives. One of the key components that I said is worry, but we don't have to stay there. Another key component that many of us do not connect to anxiety and worry. And I didn't connect all these things to anxiety and worry until I really dealt with it in my own life. And that's spiritual warfare, y'all. Whenever you and I are worried and worried and worried and can't seemingly get past that, or we're so anxious that we're wrapped in knots for long periods of time, I'm not talking about just a momentary, I'm about to take a test, and so I'm anxious about that test. I'm talking about when we are so anxiety, so anxious ridden, spiritual warfare is real in all of this. And I've found that it to be a major component that leaves us into deeper bounds with anxiety and depression. See, I remember the times when it was at its darkest for me. And this is what I remember, that the devil is here, is here to steal, kill, and destroy, isn't he? The devil doesn't come to make it better, does he? Only God can do that. But the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what it, whenever we take our focus off of God, then the devil, who is always at work, begins to plague us with feelings, with thoughts, and with a state of unrest. In other words, we are not at peace. And all we can see is the calamity in front of us. If we are to not worry, as the passage states, then we must first acknowledge the enemy and his attacks during these times. See, for me, it was during my personal fight with anxiety and depression. It wasn't until I was made aware of the spiritual warfare component that progress was made. It wasn't until I looked the devil in his face and I saw that Christ was greater, that I was able to make it. 
and push forward. See, we've got to recognize that when we take our focus off of Him, then we begin to put our focus on our worries, on our difficulties, on our sorrows, on the hardships, and all the things that come along. But when we keep our eyes on Him, the Word of God tells us that He will do mighty things. So how can we make better habits of holiness in our lives to fight back against anxiety? How can we do that? Well, let's see. Scripture told us a minute ago, Matthew 6, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what can we do? The first thing we can do is we can seek Him first. We can go to God first, right? We can go directly to Him. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just go directly to God and talk to Him first. Why wouldn't you want to go to the maker, the creator of all things, the one who speaks very to our heart, the one who knows what we're struggling with? Why wouldn't you want to go to him anyway first? Secondly, we got to combat the lies of the devil with the word of God. Let me tell you, when you're anxious or depressed, the devil wants to keep you out of this, right? He wants to keep you from the very word of God because the very word of God brings light. And the devil's the devil's going to you know, cringe at that, right? The devil's going to run at that because God has defeated him, right? So you can combat the, the lies of the devil with the Word of God. And thirdly, you can rely on the strength and the might of the Holy Spirit as these battles come our way. See, our Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, our helper is mightier and stronger than what we face or will ever come against us. And some of us say, well, I didn't know that I was going to go through these illnesses. I didn't know that I was going to go through these hardships. I didn't know that I was going to go through these times. I didn't know that that was coming up in my life. But the same God is there and is willing to help you and is willing to do what only He can. And so 1 Peter 5 tells us this. 1 Peter 5, 6-8. It says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you at the proper time. And I love verse 7. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, Casting all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Verse 8, Be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Y'all, we can cast everything on Him. And sometimes we get into this mode like we do with one another, right? I don't want to tell them everything that's going on in my life because I don't want to burden them. Or if they knew everything about me, my innermost struggles, my hardships, maybe they wouldn't be my friend, maybe they wouldn't talk to me. But God is a friend at all times and He's there for us at all times. And He's mightier than our problems and our anxieties and we can turn to Him and He never grows tired of listening to me and you. So humbling ourselves, coming to Him, Putting all of our anxiety on Him. He wants us to because He cares for us. What I've learned in my life, and I hope that you do this morning, is nobody loves us like Jesus does. There's nobody that loves us like Jesus. Our spouse can't love us like Jesus. Our friends and family can't love us like Jesus. Nobody can love us like Jesus. And nobody can cast out these anxieties but Jesus Christ. So we got to remember that the fact that Satan could not defeat Jesus, could he? If Jesus is in your life and my life as Lord and Savior, then you too cannot be defeated. Because greater is he who is in you 
then he's in the world. You know, we are from God. And greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. You know, I, I begin to ask a question. And sometimes people do this. How big is God? How mighty is God? What can God do? Do you and I serve a God who can? Because we like to think that our particular struggle is unique, right? No one else goes through it. But I'm telling you, whenever you and I present our struggles to others and share, the more that I've done that, the more that I've found we all struggle, right? We all deal with hardships and difficulties. We all go through times of worry and go through times of anxiety. But we serve a God who can. He is the God that walked with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace and rescued them out of Nebuchadnezzar's evil hands. He's the God of Daniel who quieted the mouths of lions and was able to deliver them from their grasp. He is the God of Moses who parted the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptian army that pursued God's people. He is the God of David that guided a single stone from David's slingshot to Goliath's head. He is the God that raised Jesus from the dead and defeated death. He defeated hell and the grave on that first Easter Sunday. He is a God that is greater than my understanding or ability to explain who He is. He is the Lord God Almighty. How big is your God? Is He a God that can? I think we've got to think about God as greater than we can fathom or understand. And we might not ever grasp and fully know everything that God can do, but we know that He can. And we know that He will. Now, if you're here this morning and you find yourself, as I did, in the blackest hole of despair, anxiety riddled and attacked from all angles by that evil one, that you can come to Jesus today. You can bring your burdens here to the altar and surrender them before Him. Matthew eleven thirty reminds us of this. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And one final thought on these words. These words, as, we, as I share with you these words of Scripture, remember, Scripture is powerful. As I share with you these Scriptures, think about purpose, strength, and deliverance that Paul speaks of, that you and I are given of through Jesus Christ. And let's look at this in this passage. It says, This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which was carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and a confident access through faith in Him. Therefore I ask you to not lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are for your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with the power through His His Spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more and it, beyond all that we think or ask, According to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ, generation, Jesus to generation, forever and ever. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, 
please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.